I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? Shot some zombies this week. Or maybe it was last week. The weeks are beginning to blur. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It wasn't last week. It might have been the week before, because we've been been on schedule with our show. Uh, But you're right. The last two weeks feel like it was a little bit longer than two weeks. But uh, that is not going to stop us from talking about the Back for Blood beta right off the top of the show. And um, just as a reminder to everybody, this game is coming out October 12th on Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. Also on Xbox and PC Game Pass, if that is your jam. As well, it supports crossplay, which is great because we've already talked about it on the show. I plan on playing on Game Pass. Lou plans on playing on Steam. And we can happily play together. Yeah, and I have, I have, I have some, uh, I have some uh, things to say about. It. Yeah, but we'll get, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, no, I'm excited to hear your thoughts because, yeah. First of all, what did you think? Well, um, here's the thing. This is this is a this is a next generation offering of Left for Dead. Uh, it 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 does not um, shy away from its inspiration. And when I say inspiration, really, like this is a pseudo sequel. Um, or spiritual follow-up because it's the same developers it's turtle rock and you right off the bat you feel that left for deadness, and i think that's really well done like it feels really good um the shooting of the uh, shooting the zombies super satisfying um the maps are laid out with similar sort of oh we got to hold out here while we wait for this thing to happen and of course this thing that's going to happen is going to attract the horde and that's all there but the biggest addition I found in terms of this game taking Left 4 Dead and bringing it to the 2020s, because uh, Left 4 Dead is is over 10 years old, um, it it adds like it adds you know more characters, you know weapon customization throughout the map, so you can start with an Uzi and keep that gun all the way through just by upgrading and and finding new parts for it, which I thought was a really interesting way to not penalize someone who just really likes a specific pistol, you know? Yeah. So my first takeaway immediately once I started playing the game is it does feel very much like Left 4 Dead, but it's Left 4 Dead with a Call of Duty facelift. Um, you can left trigger and you zoom in and it gives you better aim accuracy and it's just it feels like traditional Call of Duty. In fact, it auto does the auto toggle aim thing when you pull the left trigger. So a zombie was running at me and I was clearly going to miss it by a mile if I used the analog stick. I pulled the zoom and then he you you aim straight for the head almost automatically. You pull the trigger, boom, headshot. Um, it felt really nice when I did that and. Uh, the thing I noticed immediately was, is while it does feel exactly like Left 4 Dead, like you're running around, you're shooting zombies, there's the same kind of puzzles. You don't want to trigger the thing that's going to 
stay away from the car or it's going to make a loud siren and we're going to get swarmed by zombies. It's all the same thing that you liked about Left 4 Dead. But they took out the things in Left 4 Dead that felt very video gamey. Um, in Left 4 Dead, you would pick up certain items or a scope or an extra thing for your gun or a special type of uh, hand grenade. And they were always like a limited time offering. It would be like, oh yeah, you've got a laser sight, but the laser sight has a five minute countdown. And in five minutes, your laser sight's no good anymore. And this doesn't do that. This, you can actually take, like you said, you can get a gun and make it better over time. Um, they even let you experiment with it. Uh, there's a shooting range in the beginning of the game that's like a tutorial to teach you how all the weapons handle. And they all handle very, very different. I don't know if the beta went on beyond the first chapter. Um, I never finished the first chapter. But that was specifically because... I don't know about your playthrough, Ryan, but my playthrough, uh, there's definitely cross-play, because I played with somebody on PlayStation 5, or PlayStation in general, and somebody on an Xbox. And I definitely think there was a disconnect of some kind between all of us playing. Yeah, I uh, I played. There was definitely some cross-play, and I think there are two chapters. I made it all the way through the first chapter which was broken into four segments and then it started to cue into the second chapter um i did not get past the second the first segment of the second chapter as um i was playing with a a couple other players and one of them kept running ahead and of course if i got swarmed and died that was my problem i was toast and no one was there to revive me and we ended up failing and i was like okay well from a beta perspective i think i've had my fill (laughs) of you know, these players um, who either have played too much and are just trying to get through the maps again, or um, just don't know how to play cooperatively, which is really frustrating. So my question for you is, pardon me. (laughs) For Lou, it should be mentioned, Lou is very tired and he's he's recording the show with with us tonight. Um, And I really appreciate it. He's had a, you've had a long week. And, uh, yeah, I've I've had a long week. I've had house guests pretty much all week. Not that my my house guests are great, but it's just uh, it's tiring. Yeah, of course. And also, while all this is going on for listeners, not to get into my personal life too much, but uh, I'm learning to use a CPAP machine with a full face mask. So my sleep at night has not been that great either. Yeah. So I ju- I just wanted to mention in case anybody thinks Lou's a little sleepy, it's because he is, and uh, uh and you know we're we're going to get through this. Um, and I think we've got some fun stuff to talk about, but yeah, like with back for blood, it's, it's really good. Okay. So my question was, I, I did not finish chapter one. Um, chapter one ended with, there's a, there's a bridge and a bunch of guys are on the other side of the bridge and the bridge is falling apart and they need you to blast the bridge so that the zombies can't get across the dilapidated part of the bridge. And, um, there's certain areas you need to do, and when we were being told to go to these areas, um, everybody kind of went and did kept doing their own thing. We didn't stick together as a group, um, because there was a lack of communication, and it kept falling apart, and I kept getting killed. Um, I attempted that bridge area, like, five times with two different groups, and both times, uh, we kept dying. It was kind of my only, it was kind of like my only gripe. I will say that the regular um, 
the regular levels before we got to this bridge scenario were, I don't want to say they were easy, but I felt challenged, but I never felt like the group dynamic hurt us. Um, this, th this bridge dynamic, it felt like as soon as they tell you you got to blow the bridge, it felt like the amount of zombies we were fighting doubled. And I was kind of like, okay, but that this is kind of it was kind of overly hard. Mm -hmm. Um, I, my biggest takeaway from this game is I was worried about gunplay. Uh, I wanted to make sure every gun feels very different, and oh my god, do they feel different? Uh, there are clearly guns in this game I'm never going to use, but I can definitely see why somebody else might like that style of game. Yeah, and and that's the thing is there's just there's so many options for people that really it's fine if you don't like snipers and you want to use shotguns um melee is totally viable uh you can go in and, and build a melee character and we haven't even talked about the card system we can come back to that but like all the weapons i felt were totally viable and and even if you haven't like got a specific build together you can still use all of those weapons and the progression through the map, not only are you building, you know, you're getting more, no, you're not building anything, but you're getting more attachments for your weapons that improve their stats. You're also finding um, defense mechanisms like barbed wire and trip mines and, and molotovs and grenades. And you're able to purchase at a store in between each segment of the chapter, you're able to purchase additional ammo, new weapon attachments, new weapons, also power-ups that you can apply to your whole squad, um, which is really cool. And each hero has different special abilities. Uh, who did you play at? Uh, I played as the um, the Bat Lady. I can't remember her okay. name. Uh, it, it's like Jenny or something. Jenny like. or, yeah. It, it, she has a very, it's like Jenny or Ashley. It's a very, it was a very... Oh, this is a, the traditional, like, this is a... And, and she's recommended, I guess, as a good starting player to play with. Um, I played as the prepper. Okay. Who's kind of crazy. Uh, he's the one guy that's excited about the zombie apocalypse because he's been preparing for it. So all of his dialogue is like, yeah, I knew this was coming. <laughs> and and his special ability was really, really good, I thought. Um... When he carries an extra 20% more ammo than the other characters. And if he's in your group, he also gives the rest of the team an additional 10% ammo. Hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and like, you know, we mentioned the card system before. The, the cards, you set up a build beforehand and you can kind of tweak as you need to. Or you can just use the starter pack, which is what I used. I didn't feel the need to go in and build a specific deck. But in between, you know, right at the start of the mission, you pull um, two or three of those cards from your hand and you can pick one to add to the map. So sort of similar to if you've played Dead by Daylight, there are items you can set up as offerings before the map starts that sort of tweak the gameplay either in your favor or um, uh, in the favor of the killer or, or the survivors. So in this case, you can actually put in like, okay, I played a card that makes me reload faster i've played a card that makes um uh you know a chat there are challenge cards like uh that get played uh, and it says like i get a bonus if i don't alert the horde you know with the cars and it so on and so forth and i thought like 
When you look at the original Left 4 Dead, the core issue there was not the fun of the gameplay. It was the replayability. And where the replayability came in was playing with your friends. And with this game, not only are you going to have playing with your friends to add to the replayability, you're also going to have like the randomness of this card system. Um, and there's no pay to win. It's all earned in game. They've already said that. Uh, so that's really exciting as well. And it felt like the progression of it was really done really well too. The cards were it they were there was a variety from when I played that did a bunch of different things. They all didn't do the same thing and everything seemed to be tweaked to 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 curb your to to whatever your play style was with the game. And I thought that was very interesting. Um I'm not a huge fan of card mechanics, but I felt like uh, this did it really well, and especially where they don't want this to be a pay mechanic. Uh, I thought that this adds a variety that you wouldn't get normally in the game. Yeah, and you can ignore it 100%. You don't need to worry about it. Um, You can just pick whatever cards sound good to you, and uh, you can just go on from there. Again, it's not something that really... Well, you build a you build a deck based on the cards that are available to you based on your level ups, the per the things you've b- bought in game and with in game money and uh and rewards. And every time you do something cool in the game, it goes, oh, you get to pick a card this next this next chapter or this next level, and you go, oh, cool. And then it either it, it they all seem to make the game a little bit easier. But it's a random card from your deck. They're like, oh, yeah, if you want it this turn, you could pick either A or B. And you go, oh, okay, I'll pick A. Oh, I'll pick B this time instead. And I felt like I I felt like there was enough variety there. It felt like I was always getting something cool. Yeah. And it allows you to change your play style throughout the map. So if you find, like, you know what, I have a weapon that has uh, a low amount of ammo, so I want to increase my reload speed. Um, and that's that's also a bonus. So, like, it's the beta gave us a really good taste of the game. Um, the story is generic. Uh, you know, zombies have invaded the, the world. It feels like the world is put together a little better in Back for Blood as opposed to Left for Dead in that you start out the game in the lobby system is essentially like a, a camp and you are sent out on these excursions and there, there appears to be some military left, some structure. So we're not as bad off as we were in, in left for dead where it was, it was um, everything had basically fallen. Uh, but in this, it feels a little more like you've got, uh, you've got some legs. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely, it definitely, whereas I, I was excited for this, but I'm I'm always on the fence that things are being marketed to me better than they actually are. After having played this, I was like, oh, okay, this might be a day one buy for me. Or if I don't buy it day one, it will be shortly after it comes out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that is our thoughts on the Back for Blood beta, and um, definitely check it out. And we'll have some uh, we'll have more thoughts when the game comes out and when we get our hands on it uh, full time. So look forward to that. Now that we're done with Back for Blood, let's head over to the news. The virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. Lou, we usually save this for the end of the show, but we can confirm that in just a couple episodes, we are going to be able to talk about 
Marvel zombies in the What If Disney Plus series because Marvel has unveiled when all the, uh, or what all their episodes will be for the What If series. And uh, episode seven will be zombies, and that is premiering on Disney Plus September 22nd. Lou, how excited about this are you? This is probably the thing I'm the most excited for in all of this What If. I think it's going to be a really fun episode. The what if stuff I've like I we've talked about it off air. Uh, I I like what I've seen so far. It's kind of cool. It's different. Um, I liked the what if stuff in the comics a long time ago when I was a kid. Uh, I'm definitely in for all of this stuff. Uh, but the one thing I've been waiting for specifically is this Marvel Zombie stuff, and it looks like we're gonna get it soon. So I'm 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 tuned in. Um, I mean, I'm not expecting this to be like revolutionary. I'm expecting this to just be a really entertaining. Yeah. Oh, exactly. These these episodes, these What If series, it feels like they are strictly for fun, as opposed to the other series, which are adding and building upon the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The What If is just like, let's let's take a break, let's have some fun, and let's see Marvel Zombies. Um, I don't know anything about the plot, uh, although I know we've talked about this before, and it has been somewhat hinted at in the trailers and stuff. But it's been said that the Marvel Zombies episode is the one that's going to feature um, Spider-Man in a heavy role. So if you're a big Spider-Man fan, uh, you can look forward to him popping up sooner than you may think. Um, Well, that was a quick one. And here's another quick one. State of Decay 2. These are a couple of Gamescom stories. State of Decay 2 is going to be getting a homecoming update that turns a linear map into an open world. Now, Lou, I know you and I played State of Decay. We kind of fell off it pretty quick. We loved, loved, loved the first one. Um, now there was an expansion, a standalone, or not, I don't know if it was standalone, but there was an expansion that came to State of Decay uh, 2 called Heartland, which featured a linear map uh, that was Trumbull Valley. And in this update that's going to be coming out September 1st to Xbox and PC, you'll be uh, turning Trumbull Valley into an open-world map, similar to the other maps that you're um, used to in State of Decay. I mean, does this uh, does this encourage you to come back to the game at all? Maybe. There's so much other stuff to play, and with Back for Blood coming, this is definitely... This is interesting, but I don't know if this is the kind of thing that bring me back to play this. I'm always of the, the device... I like DLC, but State of Decay 2... Isn't that been out a long time? Yeah. Well, State of Decay three has been announced, right? So right. So so in my in 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 my point of view is it's like this is great, but why don't you focus on giving me the next game rather than that? Yeah. And and here's the thing: this is an update of existing content. It is a free update uh, that is going to be coming to the main game. And, uh, yeah, it, it's nothing crazy. The K2 is almost four years old. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a respectable number. And yep, there's a quality of life improvement. I'll take it. But whether, but, but for someone that wasn't that excited about State of Decay 2, I love State of Decay 1, but State of Decay 2, meh. Yeah. Yeah, there's something about it, I don't know, that just didn't click as well with State of Decay 1. I think there was, like... There was more sim management, and they kind of went in the wrong direction. I think. Yep. I, I yep. don't know. I'm excited that it's. I I, I like that it's coming. It. I, I just don't know if it's what's going to sell me to back into that. 
Yeah. I'll stay tuned for more of State of Decay 3. Yeah. I'm looking forward to State of Decay 3 as well. Um, but uh, a game you'll be able to play before State of Decay 3 is Dying Light 2, colon, Stay Human. It got a new trailer at Gamescom, which kind of showed off its updated combat and traversal. Now, Lou, if you'll remember, Dying Light was the uh, zombie game that had parkour. You know, you uh, yep. ran around town yelling parkour. I specifically remember I was very excited about the first game. And while I didn't hate the first game, it has it has its moments of coolness and it has its its moments of... Uh, and um, I felt the first game was very grindy. I'm hoping that this is less... Yeah, I'm hoping so as well. Um, what they showed off in the trailer was very much focused on combat and traversal. And they've talked a lot about the story and how choosing sides will have uh, impacts on the environment and the story. Uh, that remains to be seen how, how big those impacts are. But in this trailer, the biggest addition that I found was um, traversal seems to be a lot more varied than running, uh, grabbing a ledge, and maybe running across some walls. Like, the, the parkour was cool in the first one and it worked, but this one feels like it's got a lot of more verticality. Um, you're yeah. not going to have to take the stairs and or slowly climb up a building. It feels like they've really put a lot of effort into the map design. It, it seems like there's a focus on speed. Exactly. Which I think was one of the things that I didn't like about the first game is when it worked, it worked really well. You felt like you were moving and then all of a sudden you'd hit something and it would be like, oh, well, yeah, but now you've got to run up a staircase and you'd be like, oh, okay. This is slow. It would slow you down. There was artificial moments where it would slow down. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the other thing about the combat they showed was you're going to be able to stagger enemies, then use them to vault off of and uh, and then, you know, pretty much bring your parkour into the combat as well. So yeah. I thought that was really cool, too. The combat looks excellent. Um, Again, the first game. Combat wasn't awful, but I always felt like combat was slow. And this looks like combat's really fast. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it prioritizes, um, you know, quick encounters, uh, your ability to, you know, get in, do some quick damage, get out, dodge, roll, that sort of thing. And um, it looks like a lot of fun. They they did, um, they focused in on the combat with, you know, other humans, not necessarily zombies, um, they didn't actually see, we didn't see any zombie combat, I think, in this trailer. It was mostly taking on other factions of humans, but yeah, it looks good. Um, I think I can pull up the article here. I think it's coming out December, December, early December. I feel like I want to say December 8th, but that was the Halo Infinite launch date. Oh yeah, September 7th. So this is going to be coming out a day before Halo, <laughs> um, which, uh, you know, um, good good for halo i guess uh that's a that's i feel like is halo still a game you got to avoid if you're launching a new product i don't know maybe it isn't anymore i don't know i don't think it is anymore yeah all right well you heard it here first so yeah dying light 2 of course because i do a zombie podcast i will probably have to check it out before halo but uh halo is my jam as well so yeah look forward to that check out that trailer it's really cool we are so close to that game being released after it kind of disappeared off the face of the earth for a while. Um, but something that hasn't disappeared off the face of the earth is The Walking Dead. And Lou, it's back, and we're going to talk about the first episode of Season 11. And as always, I kick it off with a little clip. 
Pay attention so we don't miss any more. Pay attention? That's it? That's... That's your new big plan? Tell me, Maggie. Anything in particular we should be paying attention to? I'm real close to shoving a gag in your mouth. Well, why don't you get up on your little tippy toes and try? Lou, we've got Walking Dead to talk about. Hope you're excited. Uh, season 11 has kicked off. I am. I'm excited for this. So I watched it, and it did some things I liked a lot. It did some things I didn't like a lot. Yeah, I can feel you on that. It's kind of a mixed bag. It should be noted before we go much further that, that yes, this is part one of two parts. Um, we only watched episode one. Lou and I don't subscribe to AMC+, Plus, so we have only had a chance to watch the first episode. Um, so keep that in mind. Also, it should be said, um, I got to watch this free on Amazon Prime. Oh. Uh, Amazon is offering it free right now. Uh, just the first episode. So I, I think that that's a marketing ploy to get you to buy AMC+. Because mm-hmm. I got kept getting ads for AMC+. <laughs> so Yeah, and so have I. Uh, I, I actually found out that uh, they just launched it for i know i don't know how many canadian listeners we have but amc plus is now in canada uh it's 8.99 a month you can get it on amazon prime channels or apple tv super tempting um honestly if we ever cut the cut cable that was the big thing for me personally was well i I watch a lot of premium amc content um with breaking bad related stuff and and basically just better call saul and all the walking dead stuff but at 8.99 a month that's a pretty good deal if you don't have cable, but I get AMC for like four bucks a month because I have cable. So it, we're, we're not quite there yet, but for folks who, who despise cable and, and want to, you know, have the ability to subscribe. For me, actually, um, I'm a subscriber for Shudder and Shudder is one of the things included in, 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 in this service. Mm-hmm. So that, that was cool for me until I learned something that was kind of a, a bummer for me is Shutter has a couple of uh, if you subscribe to sh- uh, exclusively, Shutter offers a couple of streaming channels where uh, you have to tune it at certain times to get access to certain shows, and they do add these shows eventually to the streaming lineup as something you can watch. But it usually comes three or four days later, um, and. These things are usually things I like to watch live because they happen late at night at like 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And um, AMC Plus is not offering access to those streaming channels. And I thought that was a bummer. I thought it was a missed opportunity. Hmm. That is unfortunate. So, so I mean, I might I might consider AMC Plus down the road if something, um, something else happens. But for right now, I think I'm going to continue my thing of buying the, cha- the, the seasons on Amazon for the last few years. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, well, I'll say this about the episode. Uh, it is, it, as I said, part one and part two. Um, it kind of splits the episode between um, Eugene's group at the Commonwealth and uh, Maggie and, and Negan's group. Um, they're scavenging at a military base. So it's kind of split between the two. And it's fairly even split split down the middle in terms of time spent, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um the stuff with the Commonwealth was interesting. Um, I don't want to say it was bad, 
it was interesting. Um, I just don't know where it's going yet. I'm I, I'm eager to see more of it. Um, I like all of our heroes there, and I thought it was interesting that like Eugene, who seemed to be the most gung ho about getting to where they're getting, he they, there's a moment in the episode where he looks at somebody and they the, the Commonwealth takes somebody against their will. And he looks at the others and he's like, yeah, we got to get out of here. <laughs> and, 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 it, it, and it's this moment where you're like, okay, Eugene is, Eugene is the one with the plan to get us out. So you know that the things have to be bad if Eugene wants to get out of here. Yeah. It's funny that I, I didn't get many clips, but I did get that one. Yeah. And, and I mean, and I was interesting where the Commonwealth is interrogating them all to try and get them to slip up and divulge information. And I get that, but it just... I I love when uh 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 what's his name looks to the guy in the the red armor and goes you're the man in ch- you're the man in charge aren't you and I was like that's awesome like just the fact that he was just Ezekiel was being Ezekiel it was like I I I appreciated that um nothing about this episode surprised me um I don't really care for Maggie anymore is what I found um. I think that her being gone most of last season made me forget about her as a character, much like Rick being gone has made me forget about Rick. So when she shows up in this episode and she's sort of like in charge and they're all voting to let Maggie do things, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Maggie's a kind of a bossy character. Oh, okay. And she clearly has something against Negan, obviously. And as much as I understand the character's motivation, I think. This is a plotline piece that would have been better served last season and not this season. So I think we're going to get a whole season of story arc of Negan and Maggie being at each other's throat. Yeah. And and I and I think that that's going to be kind of boring. Not to jump right to the end, but from what I from from the end of the episode, it looks like Negan's going to leave her high and dry and leave her to her own devices. And you know that next week it's going to cut to and he's going to show up with like a stick or something to rescue her. And 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 when that happens, I, I'm not going to be surprised. Um, and do I think it's a bad story arc? No. But I'm hoping that if that's what happens in this next episode, that it moves this plot point along and that we can get past the Maggie and Negan trying to kill each other. They don't have to like each other, but they don't have to try and kill each other either. Yeah. I don't think Negan... So throughout the episode, Negan's making some very valid points like, you know, this is dangerous. You know, there's the water line. This place floods a lot. How do we know these bodies that are down here were from the fall and they're not just being dumped here? And he's constantly making the right calls. However, of course, he does not hold the same sort of clout that everybody else does in the group. Um, And I get that. But and obviously Maggie being back creates a whole new power dynamic of her um, having these um, very serious issues with Negan having killed Glenn in in cold blood in front of everybody. Um, I totally, totally understand the, you know, her situation and everybody else being reminded, yeah, no, Negan's a bad guy. It's been seven years and he's kind of done some stuff to help out the community. However, Maggie being back brings all of those transgressions back to, you know, the foreground in front of everybody. And I think this episode is sort of dealing with that. Will they wrap it up um, 
by next episode and be like, okay, like Negan and Maggie aren't best friends, but at least they're on good terms. I'm giving them four episodes to wrap this plot point up. This, this is not wrapped up by episode four, and we have to go the whole season like this. I'm going to be pissed, uh, frankly. I, I'm going to be annoyed because it's lazy writing if they don't resolve. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, like, it's, uh, you're going to know first few minutes, well, probably not the first few minutes, but the first 15 minutes of the second episode, you're going to, and you could probably Google it right now and, and figure it out whether it's resolved, because again, this episode has already aired on AMC+, Plus. but I imagine that it's, res- it, you'll know your answer. So if he goes, and I agree with you, like, it's a stupid cliffhanger, they should have released both episodes on the same night. I think that would have been better for the quality of this episode because it's two stories that are told at the same time. Therefore, they've split them in half to give them extra runtime. Um, did I do I we wouldn't have probably cared if they did a Commonwealth episode as episode one and then uh, a Daryl and Maggie mission as episode two, because really it doesn't the only cliffhanger from the season 10 C is them getting captured by the Commonwealth. So, uh, or continuing to be <laughs> held captive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I fully believe that Negan who has spent the last hour of this episode telling everybody, not telling, but just saying like, Hey, can we maybe make smarter decisions? I don't think he's just going to leave Maggie cause he hasn't shown that behavior. And you know, killing Maggie, he said his piece in that, hey, this lady's trying to kill me, and you all need to understand that, like, that's not cool. I've, 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 you know, uh, I don't want to say grown as a person, but he's, he's tried to, um, you know, atone for his, his, uh, I don't even want to call them mistakes, but his terrible things he's done. And I really think he's going to come back with some, you know, long, as you said, like a stick or something to help pull her up. And yeah, they've added like extra tension in there by like having delays and having him look at her funny. And um, at, at the end of the episode is very like dun dun dun, which is super duper cheesy. But I agree with you, Lou, like we're going to know right off the bat how they're going to deal with this. And I think it's going to be not an alliance, just an uneasy, um, you know, just co just living around each other and i and i think maggie's never gonna forgive him for what he did to glenn and negan's okay with that he just doesn't want to have to look over his shoulder constantly and he and he wants people to hear him when he says things that are good ideas you know like i I think there's a lot to be said about that the the acting in this episode was great i couldn't i can't complain about any of that It, it was definitely a point in the right direction um i just I think the fact that they split this into two episodes is kind of what got me. I was like, oh, okay, I won't know. I won't know where this show is going until I watch next week's episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and on the other side of the episode, you have the Commonwealth, you know, that you don't, you get the sense that where Eugene and his group are is not a fun place to be. There are some characters that are taken for reprocessing and they're not very happy about it. Um, so again, the show is leaning into the Commonwealth are very, very, very bad. Um, which is, it is what it is. Like they're, I guess the bad guys, um, or at least that's how they're portraying them. Um, I, I remember hearing from the comics that they're a little more, you know, of a gray area. They're not bad. They're not good. They're sort of just, 
they're they're getting by with with the rules they've set up um but that episode really doesn't you know our heroes are able to escape and there's some funny dialogue and some some great dialogue between the characters as they're trying to formulate an escape plan and and they do kind of figure it out pretty quick but at the end of the episode uh yumiko sees this the this wall um actually i think princess says oh here's this wall of lost people and one of the pictures princess says like oh is that you yumiko and she goes to see it she sees the photo she takes her she's wearing commonwealth armor she takes it off off the helmet and she looks and she has this photo and she says well i can't leave i have to stay and that's the commonwealth cliffhanger but as comic book readers you know that they're likely going to give her michonne storyline since michonne has also walked off the show uh lou how do you how do you feel about that reveal like I feel like it's kind of confusing for non-comic book readers because it was a photo of her and, and she seems to understand the consequences of this photo being there and what it could mean for her. I think it's interesting. Uh, it made me want to know more about what's going on. Um, but again, uh, knowing kind of some of the comic book stuff, it wasn't anything that was nice for me. I went, oh, yep. Okay, so she's going to have to stay and she's going to be our eyes and ears inside the walls while everybody else leaves because they kind of have to do that uh they've introduced this commonwealth but they haven't told us anything about it there's still a big mystery and the only way we get answers to the mystery is if somebody stays behind so we get episodes that take place behind the wall yeah so i feel like that's what we're getting yeah and that's fine that's it, it's 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 not an uninteresting story or plot line it's just predictable yeah well, I mean, it is based on a source material, and we know that uh, when they introduce a bad guy, we got to have them stick around. Because, I mean, the Commonwealth aren't necessarily interested in the folks from Alexandria. Like, they're fine. They they didn't really seek them out. It was more the opposite. And, I mean, we still don't know who Stephanie is and whether Eugene was actually meeting a real person or whether it was all just a setup to bring survivors out of their, their communities. But... Uh, yeah, it, it's um. I think uh, the episodes have a different feel from the pandemic produced episode. Obviously, these were all shot during the pandemic, but um, more specifically, the Ten C episodes. I really felt a difference there. Um, this felt like more of a return to form, like more characters on screen, more busier scenery. Um, just yeah, like a like just back to the old Walking Dead and less of like the duo episodes that we were getting. Um, in in that extended season did you did you sort of feel that as well or did you think like it still had that i agree with you the i didn't really like the 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 c episodes not because they were bad it just i would have rather them jump to this plot line instead of giving us these little bit episodes but i understood what they were doing and they, they were fine we talked about those before and I was just glad to get back into regular Walking Dead, and I liked the fact that this kind of hit the ground running. Yeah, yeah, it did feel like they um, they did really get going on the right path. So, um, it, you know, uh, and now we have we have these lovely clips in our repertoire for for the foreseeable future. Well, why don't you get up on your little tippy toes and try? So. That's that's probably our first Neganism in a long time, I think. He's been really good, so I mean, I like like he hasn't had those kind of moments, and he has uh, decided to do that more, and I I I kind of dig it. Yeah, 
yeah, it's good to have the old Negan Mac. And, uh, you know, before we exit the segment, it's important to note, like, um, coming up on Zamp, we did mention this is a, a part one of, uh, I, I, I think it's called Ar- Archon, um, the episode. So there's a part two coming up this week. So, uh, you know, removing from our new tradition, which is to cover the premiere and then kind of come back at the mid-season, um, we're going we're gonna to come back next episode and talk about uh, two more episodes of The Walking Dead because there'll be two more airing at that stage, but definitely talking about part two and seeing where that takes us. So look forward to that. As I also mentioned, when Marvel's What If has its Marvel Zombies episode, we will cover that on a future episode. And of course, we will wrap up The Walking Dead Season 11 Part 1 on the show too. So you got a good six weeks of content ahead of you. And, uh, you know, you heard it at the top of the show, uh, Lou Sleepy. We're going to get him out of here and, uh, yeah, we're going to go. Okay, got to go. So that was the clip I tried to play earlier. It was too quiet. Um, Lou, thank you so much for, uh, you know, joining me on the show tonight. Uh, it's always fun to chat The Walking Dead. Good to have it back. Uh, we're going to be heading. You notice how I didn't mention any other series that we're probably going to talk about. We'll leave that um, for after Marvel Zombies because we are hurtling towards uh, your favorite spinoff series, uh, The World Beyond. Um, <laughs> I couldn't couldn't let it lie. Um, so yeah, if you want to have more chats with us, you can go to our Discord, Zamp Discord at bit.ly slash Zamp Discord. want to thank all our patrons. If you want to support the show directly, go to patreon.com slash Zombies Ate My Podcast. Also check out our website, zombiesatemypodcast.com, where you'll find uh, links to email us, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, all that fun stuff. And while you're on Twitter, if you want to find... Uh, you know, you can find me at R. Murphy and Lou at Busy Zombie Lord. Uh, also, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can find more of his great stuff at joelduggan.com. Lou, take us out with some fine, fine zombie knowledge. First, you pull the left trigger, and then the right trigger takes the headshot. Yeah.